Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hey, it's us. It is reckless speculation. Your boy B Chain, your boy Robbie Davis. I, I would say our boy Raj Meta, but he'll be here in a minute. First, let me ask Robbie Davis, just before we get into our stories, welcome. But it seems like our Vols still maintaining their uh, their recruiting and transfer portal uh, pace. We've got to be an exciting time in Knoxville. Uh, the most exciting time in a long time. Baseball's number one. Kelly Harper's doing wonders in, in her transfer portal. Absolutely. Josh Heupel's doing wonders in his, and we're going to get to that later. Um, Rick Barnes still in the mix for a lot of high name um, athletes, and and I'll talk more about a potential uh, travesty that I hope doesn't happen in regards to tra- tra- uh, transfer portal later. It's not the LSU situation, is it? It is not. Okay, okay. I think that could be a tragedy too. Uh, b- we'll come back to that, Brandon Jane. Uh, I texted with you a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, I had run across some uh, Dwayne Haskins collectibles that I had set aside, and it was heartbreaking to me. Uh, After he left the Redskins, I had bought up a bunch of cards and autographs, and, you know, it it was so cheap. I was playing dimes on the dollar. But his birthday was yesterday. Uh, How good was Dwayne Haskins at – Ohio State. I think I've asked you before, but I, I really want to hear it again. Yeah, I mean he he made his legacy there. Um, you know, coming as a little kid, running through the locker room, saying I'm going to do this one day, um, and then coming through and setting, you know, not only Ohio State records but Big Ten records as well. Um, pretty impressive. Uh, he was a good teammate too, and you know. Never, never really got in trouble off the field. Um, just a good, you know, role model for younger kids as well. So uh, it's it's a sad story. It breaks my heart every time I think about it. Um, you know, a son, a father, uh, a husband. It's just, just a tragedy. Also, how many of us had to deal with being a millionaire at 22 and how you're supposed to act? I don't even. I think I acted like a fool when I got twenty dollars in my pocket at twenty-two, much less seven or eight million dollars. And so, you know, grace, grace to all those guys. That to me, sometimes it's more of a miracle that these kids, a little less now with the NIL, NIL, but at one point you talked about athletes living substandard lives becoming instant millionaires. No wonder so many made mistakes. Uh, I make mistakes. So the the key word there is instant. You go around college campuses or you go around, um, hey, even where we all live, um, there are tons of 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds who have maybe not millions, but they grew up with money. And they, it's just what they know. And they don't have family members, friends, 
everyone piggybacking on them and depending on them for everyone else to survive. So you come up with zero money, negative money, all of a sudden you become a millionaire. And that's something that you have. There's no one that will prepare you for that. And that is where it gets very scary. Um, And that's where things can go incredibly wrong. Yeah. I mean, you get friends and family come out of the woodwork that you hadn't talked to in, in forever that all of a sudden want to be your best friend. And, you know, it's, it's a tough decision for kids at that point, you know, it, like Robbie said, coming from nothing. And then, yeah, everyone typically takes care of their immediate family, you know, moms, dads, siblings, that sort. Um, but then, you know, unless you got a good core group of friends, you, you're going to have a thousand of them that are, got their hand out or want you to invest or want to take a loan out, you know, and that's how some of these kids go broke quick. You know, uh, Shaq tells a story about spending a million dollars in a day. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it. And and that he, his banker called him in and basically told him, you've got to stop and learn the value of money. And, um, he said that day he, uh, changed and, if you've listened to Shaq's story, um, he's done some smart investment. You know, oh, yeah. he's he's put his name on product, but he's also bought large chunks of those companies when he mm-hmm. put his names on it, like Papa John's, Google. like the doorbell security company that mm-hmm. that uh, Google or uh, Amazon bought for two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. he's done some smart things. So uh, nothing prepares you. I often think when I think of those young men, I think um, lottery winners and how many of them go broke later. Right. You know, we we all say if we can get our hands on five million dollars, we'll never work again and never need money again. And these people get hundreds and millions of dollars and they're broke in years. Yeah. Years. Well, and that's that's the thing. The amount of money is not going to change how you manage it. It doesn't matter if you have you know five thousand dollars or five million dollars. If you don't manage and budget accordingly or invest accordingly then i mean you're going to end up broke doesn't matter what the number is that is it well while we're waiting on robbie and rod we'll go ahead and get started brandon with some uh we wanted to get through the draft ratings uh and i have from cbs.com one of the better sites i really i i, I read a lot of cbs uh this is from ryan wilson just released uh, 42 minutes ago. It's an article he's wrote, ranking every team's draft class from 2022. Panthers, Cardinals, Eagles crush it. Bucks and Bills raise questions. And I'll start, uh, the, and I want to talk in general. His worst draft classes are Tampa, 32. The Bills, 31. Uh, Cincinnati, 30. Uh, those teams are Super Bowl contenders, and maybe they're not out trying to win the draft. The teams that are really good like that, Brendan, you feel like they're trying to fill a, a specific need with the best player to fill that need. Sure. Other teams like Atlanta, Robbie, we're talking about uh, Buffalo, Buffalo, 
that Tampa Bay and Cincinnati got the worst ratings from CBS.com. And we're discussing how those teams aren't necessarily reaching and drafting the sexy thing. They might be drafting interior linemen. They're, they're Super Bowl contenders that are trying to get better. So it's hard to win the draft when you're that way, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, those those kind of grades are based on, hey, we rank prospect X this high, and they drafted somebody else. No, I mean, those teams are drafting for specific needs, specific holes to fill. Um, it's like, you know, if you, you know, in my world, if, hey, I need uh, an appellate brief writer in my practice, hey, there could be a great trial attorney sitting there available, but I don't need that. I need um, a certain need. So, yeah, so, yeah, the, some of those draft grades are just – part of it is just to get people talking and clickbait, Absolutely. as we all know. Yeah. Um, no, unless you take a look, good hard look at did this team get better, not what talent they amassed. The NFL is full of talented teams that aren't cohesive. Absolutely. Yeah. Brendan, you have something to add to that? No, I was going to say, you know, going going through the Bengals draft picks, you know, they didn't go uh, O line until uh, was it 136 overall pick there, um, and I think that's what everyone is grading upon. Like they definitely needed an O line there, um, but they probably but, had the know. number one line, the top two or three lines signed free agents. I mean, they've got a completely rebuilt line. Right, they've got a completely rebuilt line. And, you know, they kind of shored up some of the defense there with with some DBs. And uh, I I think they did well. They're they're definitely not on my worst two list. Um, Again, like Robbie said, I think think people write articles somewhat biased for clickbait. All right, so that brings me to the first team I really want to discuss. And I thought on draft night, the first round, they did really well. The New York Giants with Thibodeau and Neal in the first round, but they kind of went off rail in the second and third round. I think they reached some. Did the Giants – I still think their first two picks, when you get Thibodeau and Neal, and we'll talk about it with the Jets, who absolutely killed the draft, there's only so many elite players. If you get an elite, elite player – at the top of the draft, no matter what you do after a certain round, you're reaching and projecting. The Giants left is what we think are two really good football players. Correct? Yeah. yeah. The The Giants are one of my top two, I thought, that, that did really well in the draft um, just because of those first two picks in the first round. I mean, any, any team would be – Super happy to have one of those picks, um, let alone both. So I thought they did really well. Um, and I, I don't mind the, the Robinson pick, um, wide receiver out of Kentucky, either. I, I think he can, you know, step in and, and make some production quickly. Um, but they're, you know, they're, they're not far off. A couple pieces here and there. If, um, Oh, God, I lost his name. What's their quarterback's name? Um, uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Jones. Yeah, if Jones can manage the game well, Saquon stays healthy. I mean, they've got some players. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a really good draft. Uh, uh, 
Go ahead, so Toby. the Giants draft is a GM's not I mean a GM's best case scenario. And what I mean by that, you knock the first round out of the park. And so fan base is happy. Now you have the freedom to, to draft who you think is the best. Right. And no more external pressure, no more owner pressure. Co- like You get to evaluate talent as you see it on your big board. And that's what a GM, that freedom is what they want. Because the worst thing to have is waffle in the first round. Oh, it's an iffy pick. I've got to play it safe. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. That that first round gave that GM. Now, whether whether they pan out or not, I don't know that. No one knows that. But as far as a draft goes, perfection from a GM standpoint. Excellent point. The Broncos are in at 28. The Chargers at 27. The team that you just described with the ability to draft off the board and draft as they see fit takes a UTC mock in the first round, and when confronted with it, they said, we had that grade on him. The Patriots are the 26th draft, but I feel like the Patriots have the Patriot way, and that's what they do. Brandon, am I wrong to say that Cole Strange, if you end up four years from now hearing that he's an all-pro right guard for the Patriots, are you shocked? Because I'm not. I, I wouldn't be because, like you said, I mean, you're you're going against the best coach in the history here, and he knows what he needs for his team and what fits and what personnel. Um, I think he got a bit of a bad grade because it was a little bit of a reach. I think potentially I, – I can't remember where they drafted in the second round, but um, – uh, They – they you know – they went wide receiver, take one yeah. Thornton, which they felt Thornton in the second round. But I thought I, I, reach, uh, and, I and, feel and like, go ahead. I feel like Strange could have been there um, in the second round uh, at that that pick. So I think it was a bit of a reach. But again, you know who who are we to judge and sit here and play armchair quarterback and try and see what what kind of film study they do and what they need to fit their team. So, you know, in Bill, we trust. Uh, I don't I don't foresee him making too many wrong decisions. Um, so, I, again, it was a shock to me, but, you know, he, he probably saw something I didn't. Robbie, in the same point, Strange was clearly the most athletic guard in the draft. Taquan Thornton ran a 4-3. In the fourth round, they – drafted a quarterback out of Western Kentucky who's a super athlete, was super productive. All these quarterback, all these athletes they draft is like, okay, he's a small college player. We'll go. He's a third rounder. But then you read their profile and it's elite talent. And I feel like they just, they don't care. They get the guy they want. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the most, intriguing part to me is the fact they're even out scouting UTC players. Um, And that's not just a, Hey, last day of the draft, let's just pick somebody. Um, Bill Belichick's the one like, Oh, you're always trying to outsmart everyone else. 
but he typically does outsmart everyone else. And so it's like, he's not trying to, he just is like, that's just how it goes. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, yes. I mean, until proven otherwise, I mean, what, I mean, what are you going to say? Like, yeah, let's let them all see if they all pan out, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, that's a horrible draft because look there, he's the one making the picks. And, um, as much as, you know, Belichick has control, um, Kraft's in there too. And man, Kraft's been the best owner in sports um, in the last two decades. So they're both signing off on it. So uh, until proven wrong, um, I'm going to give them a pass. And I'll remind everybody that that uh, Brendan James lookalike was sitting at the podium at the Rams podium when he was drafted, and they both were aghast because this is somebody they had identified that they wanted at pick 100. So it's not like he wasn't on the, a lot of people's radar. Welcome, right. Roger Meta. We're going through the draft. Jump in when you have something to add. Uh, so we'll go from 26th with the Patriots. Uh, next couple, I don't see. Well, let's take a little stop at 25 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guys, is it all about how productive Kenny Pickett is? Kenny Pickett, Rods determines how successful the Steelers draft was. All right, we can't we can't can't hear Rog. He's on mute. Uh let me see if I can get him off mute. Yeah. Got you off that, mute, dude. Is that better? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. I wouldn't say it determines much. I mean, it was an interesting pick in that, you know, they signed Mitch Trubisky, who is not even worthy of the term placeholder. Uh, you know, you, you ideally you want somebody to, to bell up and grow underneath a guy like that. Uh, I'm still kind of booting up, but I, I was trying to think of the other uh, draft picks the Steelers made. If somebody could help me out, I mean, George I know the Pickens was an interesting pick in the second round. It's a clear first round talent. Clear that, first that, round talent. Sorry, had an ACL. Go ahead. Uh, big receiver questions about top speed and separation, but I call that nonsense. I agree. He's a first round talent. Uh, another good pick. They did lose Juju, uh, but still have Deontay Johnson. So there's a lot of help there. Uh, the tight end Friar move that's just getting better and better. So still a lot of weapons in Pittsburgh. Uh, this draft to me is not something that they, you know, really with zero teams, can you judge anything immediately? Uh, but it was an interesting pick to say the least. The Bears at 24, and we'll stop here at the Rams at 23. We all talk about, Robbie, the Rams trade around their first wave pick. They trade for Stafford. They trade for Von Miller. And still, they didn't have a pick until the third round, but they come out with seven new bodies, eight new bodies to add to this football team. Even though they're not first and second round picks, the production the Rams are getting in the draft, you know, they trade for – they trade two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford, but they get a fifth and a fourth back. They're trying a new model that I kind of like. Well, they're essentially playing the NFL's version of Moneyball, but with money. Instead of it being everything on a budget and 
where they're doing, hey, we're reinventing the system, but we've got money and we've got a rich owner and we've got all the bells and whistles. People want to come play in LA. They're, they're located in the best, in my opinion, the best professional sports city in America um, where you want to be. So you can attract free agents. People can come play for less if you're winning. Um, that's a place you want to be. And so, yeah, why, if you're in that position, why risk drafting these um, unproven players when you can trade that and get proven commodities? Um, and all they were missing was a quarterback. I got a quarterback. They're in a two or three more year window. See if you can win another one, maybe two. Go for it. Yeah, if, if I may quickly, I, Rob's absolutely right. Uh, it's now an organization and a culture akin to the Patriots, not quite the same in terms of longevity. But, yeah, Allen Robinson, Bobby Wagner, they both could have gotten more elsewhere. And, and they came to a team where they knew they could flourish. Uh, you know, the Rams draft, people said, hey, you know, did they need uh, Kyron Williams from Notre Dame? I think that was a steal. Uh, sure, they have acres, but his durability has been a question. I also like to pick after that, even though I loathe UCLA, uh, Quinton Lake, the safety. He's a playmaker. He's Carnell Lake's uh, son, if anybody remembers him, dating ourselves again. But um, they just got – is it possible they got better? Yeah, it is. They didn't get worse. Definitely didn't get worse. All right, guys, let's move on to 22. Chain, in your division now, the Titans has a real threat for the first time in several years. And I think the, I think the coach told you, we are taking Matt Ryan and we're going for it by drafting a wide receiver in round one, a huge tight end in round two, a tackle in round three, and then coming back for the second tight end in the sixth round. They're getting Matt Ryan protected and more weapons to go along with Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman already in that offense. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, they are they definitely got better. Um, I think Matt Ryan's definitely an upgrade from uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, it's unfortunate they had to trade for Wentz in the beginning anyway. But um, they definitely got better. And, I, you know, Ryan – We've talked about this before. He's, you know, similar to Tannehill kind of quarterback, but if you protect him and get the right weapons around him, I mean, he's a veteran. He can make, make the right decisions. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're not favorites um, on paper to win the division. I think the Titans might still be just because we did, but they're the ones I'm looking out for. Um, they're, they're Vegas – Vegas has the Colts as the favorite now after the draft. Really? So yeah. I I think uh, Jelani Woods was a really really good pick at the second mm-hmm. round or third round actually. That was great. Fantastic. Pick. He stayed that long. Um, I think the Colts with Matt Ryan with these drafts got two to three games better, and I think the Titans with this draft and what appears to be at least a look at a rebuild, um, got one to two games worse. So that division has tightened, um, no pun intended. But I think – I'm surprised the Colts are the favorites. I still think the Titans should be the favorite, um, but barely. But they're going to be neck and neck. 
And the Jags and Texans both just suck. Did I, they? I have like, a, like in my contract, I have to throw shade at the Jags and Texans every time I get a chance to. The one I pulled up has – Cherry picking. Has, <laughs> it's basically a dead heat. But, I mean, they have the Colts as a slight favorite. Then I looked at DraftKings, and it's a dead heat plus 120. So it pulled even or a slight. Uh, but it, there's no way the Jags or the Texans are winning this division at any point. Nah. Did the Colts do enough on defense? You know, they signed Gilmore. Some say is aging. Um, they traded Rocky Asin for uh, Yannick Nguake. I can't say his name ever. He was a Raider. Um, did they do enough? And, and to Rob's point, Jelani Woods, uh, freak, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, I love their first pick. It was in the second round, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Uh, another 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guy that runs a 4'4". Four, four. Um, played with Desmond Ritter. Just sensational. Their first three picks went offense. I think they could have done more. I know that they're strong and linebacker, but, you know, the defense is what cost them late in the year. They did add two big run stuffers up front, maybe not the sexiest picks, but two deep, two huge defensive tackles, one from Mississippi State and Curtis Brooks, and then one from Missouri State and Eric Johnson. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Curtis Brooks from Cincinnati, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know, but I do know they felt – they felt from what I still get a lot of Colts tweets. I think they feel pretty good on the defensive side if they can slow down the run game. Yeah, I mean, I don't want it for Wentz making bonehead. I mean, they had the Titans dead to rights, and then uh, Wentz threw the, one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see um, at the goal line. Like their defense was, they had some injuries, but overall, uh, their defense was good last year. Uh, no first round pick because of the Wentz trade for just horrible. The Washington Commanders are 21. I don't have a lot to say there. 20 is the Cleveland Browns who had traded pick ones and twos for Deshaun Watson, but were able to pick up three third round picks, two fourth round picks, a fifth, two sixth, and a seventh. Almost a Rams model rebuilt. And I absolutely Love their pick of Alex Wright, the UAB. Edge rusher is somebody that I've read a couple articles about associated with the Falcons. Uh, is it? I mean, feels the same. Now, Deshaun Watson's got legal problems. Not talking about that. You trade for a quarterback, your first two picks. You make some moves, pick up three or four picks later on. It sounds and looks like it's the same model to me. Jane, does it not? It does, um, and you know, I think they showed their hand a little too early with uh, uh, Baker Mayfield as well. Uh, nobody's wanting to trade for him, and nobody wants to pick up that that money. So to to get rid of him, they're going to have to pay a hefty bill to do so. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like it's the same model. Um, We'll see how this Deshaun Watson thing plays out. I think that was a, a stretch to guarantee that kind of money uh, for someone that you can you could not even have playing for you know God knows how long. Um, it's just that the Browns gonna brown man. The Browns gonna brown. <laughs> That's all I could say. The Vikings were at nineteen, but 
I want to go to the Texans again in your division, Robbie. At 18, I had a much higher grade than 18 on the Texans draft. And I'll get comments from you and Rod both because I think draft not, Rod, you felt the same way about the Texans. They come away Stingley early, also Kingon Green. John Mitchie is there too. Robbie, Harris. Yeah, it's it's a Peters. good draft for the Texans yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, me too is a great pick. No, I think this is an – Excellent draft. I don't know why they're getting dinged to 18. I thought all the way through their drafts were smart. Um, they obviously filled needs because the Texans need everything. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a great draft. These these are plenty of players to be traded away later for nothing. Um, I mean, <laughs> I thought that they, that they've done well. Hopefully these are a lot of Titans in the future. <laughs> All right, Rog. I know you liked the Texans draft that night. Do you still I'll look chip at him for Bill O'Brien to come back to Houston? <laughs> <laughs> do you still feel the same way about the Texans draft? I do because they are realistic. I mean, we all have discussed how people get desperate for a quarterback, no matter what, just based on round and need. Uh, Houston didn't do that. Davis Mills, they are under no delusion, is not going to win much, let alone a Super Bowl. But they're building around him. You know, they're getting better on the line. Uh, you know, Stingley arguably was the best overall player in the draft to many. Uh, what in the world is that? I have no idea. That's that some weird. Hey, some we you're the one that likes Swifty. Hey, I'm a Swifty. I know. That's probably your music. No, that um, wasn't Taylor Swift. That Taylor Swift makes brilliant music. I mean, it's this all is... lame. But, uh, hey, you know, one thing about Houston is they built defensively. And if you remember in their corners, they had a great secondary when they were winning. Uh, Kareem Jackson, Dunta Robinson, Jonathan Joseph they acquired. Um, they shut down everything up front and got pretty good up. You know, the linebackers, bottom line is they filled needs. And they have needs all over. And if you look at them position-wise – you know, I I don't think they got – I think every pick was a different position. Um, that's what is needed, and that's like the opposite of the Jacksonville Jaguars theory. Yeah. Well, I think I think they built – they're building, obviously rebuilding, but I think they're, they're starting with the core guys, um, not so much sexy picks. Um, but, you know, I think they're starting there, and then, you know, in a – Next year's draft, they'll get a couple skilled position players, maybe figure out the quarterback situation. I mean, they're they're a year away from you know flipping it and being a contender. Um, that's just how the NFL is. You know, wait a year and you can completely revamp your team and rebuild, and you're a playoff contender. So, um, yeah, cool. NFL not for long. Question so, for you guys. If- if you put Derek Carr on that team, is it a playoff team right now? Or Tannehill? Probably. Randall? Probably not. Not yet. I don't want to get bent down. San Francisco coming at 17. The one thing I'll say about San Francisco, and I want to move on to 16. They drafted another quarterback and another running back. That's three running backs and two quarterbacks and two drafts. Don't understand it. Number 16, and I, I, I do – do want to spend some time on 16. 
the Tennessee Titans. I think you've got – I think the Titans should have been higher, but you, you've got to take in consideration the draft day moves. A.J. Brown, Burks, uh, you trading back, kicking up more picks. Mid-pack, Titans guys, I thought they did better than mid-pack. How about you? Robbie, we'll go with you first. You know, I find this a fair rating. Um, I think the because you don't know yet what – this is one of those you may go back and re-rate because you don't know what Burks is getting versus what Brown would have cost. Um, I like McQuarrie in the second round. Um, but, I mean, the big either home run – like, hey – if you're talking about Malik Willis as you were talking about him, Randall, well, you we just got Russell Wilson, and that's a Super Bowl window. If you can get a quarterback on their rookie contract and build around them. Now, I don't think he's that. I thought third round was accurate for him. And going back to Pittsburgh, um, they got the quarterback they wanted. They could have got him in the second round. So how does that work out? But – um yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the the that's the lottery ticket, right? Malik Willis, mm-hmm. third round. This is a go back and re-rate. So right now I'm comfortable with them being right in the middle of the pack. I think they got a little bit better. Um, you know, got a tight end, which is good. Um McQuarrie, I think, is the best pick of the bunch for a second mm-hmm. round. Um, but you know. A solid draft. I don't think it was outstanding. wasn't horrible, and but could be could be great. Jay, thoughts? Yeah, um, I you know I, I think the most solid, probably impactful player initially is you know the McCreary pick, Roger, in the second round. So, uh, but Malik Willis, I think with the high upside, I mean. Obviously, the, boom bust, boom bust. Yeah, it's it's a low floor, high ceiling type deal here. Um, but in the third round, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you know trying to hit a home run there. Um, you know, your average draft hits are about fifty percent anyway, and usually that comes in the first two rounds. So, you know, taking a risk there, I, I'm fine with. Um, I think we got a little bit better. I, I was heartbroken about the A.J. Brown trade, um, but now hearing a lot of talk lately and things coming out, he didn't really sound like he wanted to be here. Um, And his press conference, he said the decision to come here. I mean, what decision? He was traded. Like, he didn't really have a decision unless he forced the Titans to put him in that situation and make that decision. So... You know, he comes out and says that he, he would have stayed with Titans for $22 million a year. Um, I think they offered like 16 or 18 You know, it is what any, it is. Any of you tax people, I wonder what the actual money difference is and what he's getting in Philly versus what he would be getting in Tennessee with the income tax. Yeah. Hey, one yeah. question, and then we'll move on. What do you either you uh, make of Ryan Tannehill's comments? And by the way, I do think Malik Willis, all joking aside, is the highest upside of any quarterback in the draft. 
I also yeah. think Malik Willis could be playing for the Nashville Cats or whatever the arena team is now <laughs> in two years. 100%. But, uh, and I, I think all the quarterbacks in this draft could be in the same boat. That, that what, was how bad I hated this quarterback draft. What do you make of the Tannehill comments, Robbie? Um, I mean, that's what I expect someone to say. Like, so you're like, why would you like, like, Hey, like this guy, it, there's only one quarterback position on the field. It's not like wide receiver. It's not like running back. It's not offensive line. It's not cornerback. It's not safety, et cetera. The only way that guy plays over you is if you train him to be better than you look, you're a competitor. No, I mean, I'll help him with the playbook, but I'm not going to train him to beat me. That's right. You want survival skills. No, Tannehill should say it. My job's to win games. My The coaches coach him. The coaches coach me. I'm here, I'm the starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you look at past pro. Did Brett Favre mentor Aaron Rodgers? No. Did Aaron Rodgers mentor Jordan Love? No. Did Brady mentor Garoppolo? No, he got his butt traded. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I mean, you, it's a competitive. Those are all league. superstars that are very well, I mean, self-centered, though. Not, e- not even like that. I mean, some this of could be the worst draft. Are ever. people that I've read books about, and I've read how they do an opening statement. That's how I do it. Like, yeah, you got to learn yeah. on your own. Yeah, Kurt, you, you Kurt Warner better. disagrees. Well, look, you're not there, like you said, you're not there to mentor him. Uh, that's the coach's job. If he's got a question on a play or something, yeah, open book or whatever. But you're it's not just a, seeking him out to mentor, unless you're you're traded into that position. If you come in late as a veteran quarterback and you're on your down slide of your years, then and you know your role as a mentor to to bring some like Alex Smith to uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's a different story. I got you. I got to. Just a bad on. look, though. Don't say that. It's stupid. I like it. So, so 15 is the Dolphins. 14's the Cowboys. 13's the Saints. 12 is my Atlanta Falcons, Rods. Well, that night in Atlanta, it didn't get a lot of play. Looking at it now, Atlanta did maybe what a bad football team should do take one of the surest picks. In the draft, and I think that's what Atlanta did with Drake London is get one of the surest I'm going to hit draft picks of the draft. Thoughts as a USC guy? Yeah, I didn't see anyone deadpan that pick. Uh, every pundit I saw, even the jerks on CBS, sports, NFL, they loved it uh, just because it's smart. Like you said, he's, uh, you know, his health was more or less blown out of proportion. He kind of showed that it's pro day, um, you know, with Cordero, him and Pitts are just freaks and they present so many matchup problems down the line. Um, and that's what they were thinking. You know, they were building from the outside another team that, you know, I don't believe drafted any of the same position. They may have a couple of linebackers. I think one was inside, one was outside, but I thought this was a very, you know, I love the second round pick too, that, that kid that some say uh, the Penn State kid has got, you know, super quick off the line. And, of course, Desmond Ritter, who could be the steal of the draft. In my opinion, he was the best overall, most polished quarterback 
another guy that people say is not going to lose you games, but is a very intelligent, great decision maker. You put that guy back there with Cordero, got to get better on the line and on defense, obviously. But Pitt, London, interchangeable, move all over the field. I thought it was extremely smart, and I don't know if it's good or not, but most pundits agree. I like I like we'll move off the Falcons, but I want to give a little love to the fifth round pick and Tyler Algiers, uh, the running back from BYU. He's good, and, and that is some place that uh, you could be a fifth round pick and enter the Atlanta backfield with Cordell, who's really not a running back. Damian Williams, a free agent signing. They cut uh, they cut the running back they picked up last year from the Panthers. So he kind of enters in a battle for playing position. So that is somebody that came in late that could help the football team. He runs Uh, with bad intentions. That's all he does. Uh, At 11 was the Ravens. But at 10, I highly disagree with it. We're going to have to stop for a minute. I did not have the Jaguars this out. I did not like the Jaguars draft. I didn't like the first pick in Travion Walker. Uh, I thought Aiden Hutchins was the best player. Anybody like the Re- Jags stuff this high? Nope. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> the Jags are, they drafted, them any respect they drafted two <laughs> linebackers, two cornerbacks. But, yeah, they drafted a running back two years in a row. They're so stupid. We're burning Ra- their time. Ravens too low, by the way. I thought they hit home run. Huge home I, run. I, I won't disagree. Another one I think is too low, number nine, the New York Jets. Yeah. I especially thought the Jets' first and second day was just elite. And you talk about adding Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson in the first round. That's three Pro Bowl potential talents, in my opinion. Rog? That's value. They also got the best running back in the draft in Brees Hall. Um, In my opinion, best corner. Wilson, I will say, is probably the best receiver, but London's a different kind of player. Uh, many people thought Johnson was the best defensive end, and for him to fall down to 26 and then get in Brees Hall, I thought it was a brilliant draft. I don't know what people are thinking. They plugged a ton of holes, and wow. Yeah, that's way too low. Shane, uh, you were really high, and Robbie, I'll come to you. I want to get your comments on the jet. Both of you were super high on their first day picks. Yeah, they're they're my favorite draft um, of the whole league this year. Uh, I absolutely loved what they did. They killed the first and second round. Uh, pretty much throughout the whole draft, they really did. Like Raj said, uh, Brees Hall in the fourth round, great pick. Uh, even, you know, not to be a Ohio State guy, but Jeremy Rucker, uh, you know, tight end. Uh Another great pick. So I, I really think, yeah, he can block well, and, and he can, you know, he, he's not a super fast guy, but he's a big body. He, he can catch the hot route. So um, I, I really love their draft. I know they had a ton of picks early, which makes their draft look better. But they didn't screw it up, and I, I think they did really, really well. My brother said they plugged the holes. Michael Carter there too, sensational. Mm-hmm. Robbie, any thoughts? Um, yeah, just briefly, this is the first time I'm seeing this list, and so I'm scrolling down as we're talking about it. 
I don't know who's ahead of the Jets, and I'm not sure why anyone is. Only thing I can think of is the Jets only had seven picks, but for seven picks, they nailed it. And second, just real off topic, not off topic, but just a side observation. Man, Luke Fickle is getting players at Cincinnati. Yes. I think they're going to be a playoff fixture, not a fixture like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, but they're going to be there. I think that, that he's doing an impressive job there. Getting Bama and SEC transfers to Cincinnati. Yeah. Never thought number, that would happen. Number eight, I found interesting, but you have to take the totality of the draft. Number eight, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think a lot of that depends on the acquisition of Devontae Adams with those picks. Raj, how did you feel about I think we have a science. The Raiders trade away all their picks. They have a good draft. Yeah. <laughs> they can't screw it up, which was I was most ecstatic about. You're absolutely right. It, it does include Devontae Adams based on what they gave up. Uh, this is the New England Patriots regime with, uh, you know, GM from the Patriots, Josh McDaniels, who people think is much more ready now. Uh, you know, they drafted intelligently for once. I love, uh, you know, Neil Farrell Jr., the Tennessee kid who I thought uh, Matthew Butler, who could have, was a force at times last year, um, you know, Zamir White from Georgia, and most importantly, their, their first-round pick, Dylan Parham from Memphis, getting him where they did in the third. That guy can play all across the line. He's a day-one starter. Um, I can't believe it, but they were smart. Think so. Number, yeah. uh, go ahead, Rod, uh, Brandon. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, I think they played it smart, and they like <laughs> Raj was worried about. They didn't screw it up. So. The Packers <laughs> are number yeah. seven, but they had eleven picks. So of course, with eleven picks, the next two teams, Packer eleven, and the Chiefs at six, had tons of picks. But what I did find interesting is the Packers finally took three wide receivers. Uh, I think they took one in the second, one in the fourth, and one in the seventh. Is Aaron Rodgers more happy now, Brandon? Got to be. Um, you know, he, he's got his money. I know he's happy. He's happy, <laughs> and he's got some receivers. The yeah. Chiefs at six, I think, had a great day. I, Raj, the Chiefs really killed it draft night. Well, here's my question. If the Raiders get credit for trading picks uh, for Devontae Adams, do the Chiefs, you know, get dinged or dunged? I can't remember the, the verbiage, past tense, but they gave up Tyreek Hill for picks. And I know that people thought that, you know, Sky Moore, fairly unproven. I know people loved him. I like Carl Aftis. Uh That guy gets after it. McDuffie. Uh, Pac-12 guy, very good. I don't know, sensational. But, you know, this feels like a Rivals 247 type thing where volume kind of takes the place of, uh, of quality, quantity over I, quality. I think that's the place we are at for seven and six. Also four with the Seahawks. But I want to stop. Uh, six, let's see. Let me do these real fast. Seven is the Packers, six are the Chiefs, five is the Lions, uh, the four is Seattle, uh, and they all have tons of picks. 
But three is the Philadelphia Eagles. Jordan Davis, I think the best interior lineman, and they get A.J. Brown. Then they come back and they get the maybe the best center in the draft. Uh, then they have Nakobe Dean, a linebacker that failed. The Eagles, with A.J. Brown being added, Brandon, boy, they added a ton of potential talent. Yeah, for sure, they did. Um, you know, I, I know there was talks of A.J. being excited with Jalen Hurts and vice versa. Um, but he's got to stay healthy, you know. He, yeah. He only played nine games for us last year, and his, his knees are starting to, to wear out. So, I think if he can stay healthy, you know, maybe – Maybe they hit a home run there with AJ. Um, is he top, you know, four or five receiver right now for the money that he got? I don't think so. Um, he fit our scheme well, and he, he had good rapport with Tannehill. But um, you know, that's that's yet to be seen. But I, I think they definitely got better, um, and we'll we'll see what Hurts can do. Uh, you know, that was kind of the excuse was the lack of weapons, um, but. You know, Smith, he's come into his second year. Um, I think A.J. being there, if healthy, will, will help him out quite a bit. All right. Are those, are those two of the best three Georgia defenders? By the way, 15 total picks? Wow. Yeah. But are those two of the best three? The, Dean and Davis? Yeah. Two of, two of the more active. Um, I'll, say, I'll say this. Everybody's contributing uh, on that draft. Um, so Jalen Hurts is – a top three quarterback fantasy pick in the fantasy draft now. And also this wasn't my line, but somebody said it and it was brilliant. They said Nicobe Dean either has some serious me medical issue or he's a serial killer. Like how he fell that far down. Like, no, like uh, that's a steal, man. The Eagles did great. They, for a, ball control offense to now load up on this defense. Um, I really, I'm, I'm, if it's stock, I'm buying the Eagles. The Cardinals are at two times of picks. And I strongly disagree with the number one overall draft class. The Carolina Panthers, they call the best value in the draft being the sixth overall pick in EI out of North Carolina state. Also, Matt Corral, they call a huge value. Cade Mays, I don't see it for the Panthers. I had them as probably a mid-draft pick. Anybody got the Panthers as your number one class? To me, if you put the Giants, I mean the Jets and the Panthers side by side, no competition. I think the Giants are above the Panthers too, personally. Easily. Um, I don't know where this is coming from, these grades you're getting, but – at CBS Sportsline, Wayne Wilson. Yeah, yeah so this, this rating alone just sank these this whole entire draft ratings. Well, one, yeah, yeah, like you got one offense, you got an offensive lineman, great offensive lineman. Grant you, and pick number one, no second round pick. You pick Matt Corral at number three. Again, we've talked about this at nauseum. There are no good quarterbacks in this draft. So wait, <laughs> right. like, very polarizing guy. 
You're if they yeah. had gotten a Tariq Hill or something in this draft, I can see his point. I don't see the Riders point right now. I, I pointless to me. Yeah. It's, it depends on well, your opinion of a uh, of homeboy of a uh, uh, Matt Corral. I'm not high on him, but some call him the steal of the draft. Others are like, "What are you doing there?" I mean, haven't we seen this exact same person over and over again? Johnny Menzel. That's the exact know. person I was thinking about. Yeah, like this, this, this college quarterback Tebow can run around, but look, it it's few and far between to make it to the pros. All right, Cade Mays. One team that you think won draft day, Brandon. Draft A, uh, it's definitely the Jets. Robbie. Man, the NFL franchise, just the their conglomerate. They just do everything better than all the other sports leagues combined. They're just – they're the winners as always. Raj. Just the Raiders getting Devontae and not effing up the – can I say effing? The entire draft. I mean, it happens every year. And, uh, yeah, I'm actually like, okay, I'm not wanting to – Suffocate myself. I'm going to give you the Rams and their seven picks with no pick before the third round. I think they've killed it for what they had. Uh, let's move on real fast, and we're just going to touch real fast in the NCAA portable portal. And, and they both involve USC and Tennessee. Uh, the stories, though. First, we'll start with Tennessee Land's former five-star, Brew McCoy. Rod, this is a real football player, and I tell people, this is a guy that never really truly had a position in high school. He was as good at the rush end and linebacker as wide receiver. He popped in 20 when he did play 20 so catches in the in the COVID year. Suspended last year after domestic violence charges. But you got to think he probably they asked Lincoln Riley if he was welcome back and he said there was discussions You've got to think that there was some talk of bringing him back. But I think it's best for him to get away from Etsy, go somewhere new, fresh start for Brew McCoy. Yeah, you know, this type of thing has surrounded McCoy since his time at modern day. He, But he's a sensational football player. With SC, it was political. You know, they've had issues in the past. It was a bad look. The kid got charged. Then the charges were dropped. And USC didn't feel like they could save face by keeping him around. Uh, they did have a very deep receiving core, and it could get deeper with Addison. But uh, I think it's a sensational transfer. It's going to be, like you said, best for everyone. And Brew McCoy can do so many things. Uh, again, you know, in high school, he played running back, DN, linebacker. The guy could even, you know, play corner and safety. A sensational player. And uh, with Hooker. You know, I'd be shocked if he doesn't start day one. He can block. You know, he's, a, I'm, he's a day one starter. We're going to miss him badly, but I understand with the politics and everything at USC, and, and they dug their own their own grave when it comes to that stuff. But, you know, I wish him the best, and uh, I feel like he got a raw deal, but I understand. Robbie, I'll, and I'll come back for you to co- comments on Addison. Just a second, Rog. Robbie, for the, I, I feel like this was big for Josh Heupel. And right now you start with Cedric Tillman and Brew McCoy, two guys that are both 6'3", 220-ish on the outside of that offense. Yeah, so what 
is most encouraging is Heupel being a first year, first first year plus um, SEC coach, being able to get into play with these players because he didn't recruit them at UFC or UCF, <clears throat> and typically when players enter the transfer for transfer portal, they kind of know where they're going already. So they already have relationships with coaches and all those kind of things because you can't recruit until you enter the portal technically. And so <clears throat> for a hype to be able to get these guys um, really shows they're on top of it and they're ready to move. Also, I, I think we got to give <coughs> our friend Bayless Jones, a, a, a assistant recruiting coordinator pay for this one when, when when he left usc he was no one on nobody's draft board yeah. and maybe the bears have no more important pick this year than bailiff Jones. both yeah, USC transfers both friends a lot of interaction between two teams last thing about brew mccoy you know he was booked on a dv charges towards a spouse or combatant fifty thousand dollar bond in the end the da chose not to file criminal charges uh, but USC's Title IX investigation, in their opinion, uh, justified not bringing him back. Uh, again, I wish him the best. I think he got a raw deal. But, you know, it, it's a sensational player. But it's, it's yeah. not like he's completely absolved, in my opinion. You know, you, you hopefully but things go well for him. If he, it, it's, as I heard someone said. There's a lot less trouble to find you in Knoxville, Tennessee, than L.A., but you can still find it. The last thing I want to talk about, transfer well, portals, and we'll go ahead, Robbie. I was going to say, with DVAs, so a lot of states, a lot of jurisdictions, a lot of cities have policies where if the cops get called for a domestic violence observance or assault, whatever it is, Someone has to go to jail. They have to. Because if you leave the scene and something bad happens, you could be on the hook civilly. And so that's one of the – I'm not I, – I have no idea about him one way or the other. I don't know anything around that. But just putting it out there for people to know that there – there are a lot of guilty people that deserve to go to jail and get whatever punishment they get. There are a lot of arguments that are yelling and neighbors can call the cops and someone's going to jail for that argument. That's not necessarily violence. So that's, just absolutely. do not prejudge. I think you're that. rationalizing in this particular situation. Yeah. But whatever. All right. I want to move on because we want to get to the NBA and, and NHL hockey but for the first time ever, with Jordan Addison, uh, Pitt's reading receiver, returning receiver, one of the nation's leading receivers, uh, he goes in the portal the last day. Uh, he's throwing with Bryce Young, but rumor is he's going to USC. Pitt, for the first time uh, uh, that I know of, an AD is accusing another school in tampering in USC. Raj, what is your take on this, and what have you heard? Uh, it's funny that Twitter rumor started by a guy named Adam Brenneman, who was a disgraced former Arizona State staffer, fired, suddenly became fact. Um, 
I think they're whining. I think this is a, you know, I read an article, if this were Bama, I'm rationalizing now, if this were Bama or Ohio State, do people throw up a fit? Um, you know, Lincoln Riley was fairly neutral or, or you not many people had opinions on him in Oklahoma, uh, you know, aside from their rivals, suddenly he's a lightning rod at USC. Uh, there is no proof, no confirmation that anybody had contact with him. This is rumor becoming fact. If it did happen, then by all means, uh, you know, I, I think he may go to Bama. He does hang out with Bryce Young a lot. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting that Slovis from SC goes there. And then on the last day of the portal, uh, uh, a day of eligibility for the portal or what have you, he decides, you know, for whatever reason, he doesn't want to play there. You know, it's curious about his maybe his opinion on Slovis, but um, I think it's a lot of smoke. Um, you know, again, a lot of Lincoln Riley, you know, the most like acrimonious divorce since Rich Rod in West Virginia. I, I don't think there's much there, but I'm not there. So we shall see. Robbie James, the not the last time we're going to hear NIL tampering charges brought in this sport now, is it? Not at all. I mean, this we're still in the infant stages of this whole transfer portal and trying. everyone's trying to figure it out as we go. There's going to be new regulations and rules and accusations. And, I mean, this is going to go on for a while until they can really nail down some type of outline uh, of what should or shouldn't be. There's no collective at USC, by the way. And they've lost well, multiple recruits to other teams. Uh, like Ohio State, so just whatever that for what that's worth. I know, but the only way there's nothing wrong with a collective. I don't care, but the only way to combat a transfer portal, uh, you know, guys start making accusations and allegations against other teams to stir up mess. So yeah, I mean, it's a punk move. Robbie, without fact, yeah. What what Brandon alluded to was until they get under control. There is no they. Like, there is no NCAA. So until the – until there's a 32, 30, 28, 45, whatever it's going to be, that conference that's going to unite, and it's going to be – this is our league. This is our NFL minor league. We're going to do a salary cap. We're going to do something like that. That's the only way – Like that, that's where it has to go because – the NCAA set behind the wheel, hoping and set in the dark, being like, oh, please don't, don't find us, don't find us, don't find us. <laughs> well, people found you, and now you're nothing. And so now now the floodgates have opened. So until there's a new league founded, I assume the Big Ten, SEC are going to – come together, and then they're going to get USC. We've talked about USC, Oregon, UCLA, Clemson, uh, Florida State, Miami, and then with Texas and Oklahoma already in. They're going to form their own league, and they're going to play, and that's going to be the championship. And they're going to have their own rules and their own payment plans and everything. No, and they'll get the TV deals. Yeah. yeah. It, it's oh, inevitable. It really is. I want no, to – Robbie, I'm going to let you host the NBA segment or – Jane, whichever you want. Uh, and I'm going to throw it to Raj uh, to talk about the NHL playoffs. And you're off, Raj. 
And I'm going to tell you my knowledge of the NHL. I used to play Blade the Steel in the 90s. Boy, <laughs> that game was sweet. I did love that game. It's kind of, I think by Konami made it, like the people that made double dribble. Uh, yeah. That was a sweet game. Uh, I love the goal. But yeah, there's nothing like hockey playoffs if you have a hockey team. I know that uh, you guys are Predators fans as well. Uh, every moment counts. You know, the Predators lost their goalie, uh, which is awful because with him, you know, you know that series with Colorado is sensational, um, and they probably get out of that seed anyway. Uh, the thing about the NHL playoffs is anybody can win it at any time. You know, if you go back, I always have to be uh, West Coast-centric, but the Kings in 2012 were the eighth seed. They beat the one seed, the two seed, and the three seed uh, by a 12 to two. Only two games they were beaten, and then they basically went 16 and four, beating the Devils four to two in the finals. They were the eighth seed. Um, that's insane. That would never happen in the NBA. At uh, one time, uh, the Nuggets beat the one seed. I think it was Seattle, and uh, the NBA changed the rule. The first round was no longer a five-game series. Uh, but you, you know, this year there's some sensational teams. It's unlike. There's definitely a higher tier with Tampa, Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, to a lesser extent, Carolina and Colorado. Uh, they're just some real powerhouses. And hockey, like many other sports, is getting so much more athletic. It's, you know, much smaller, faster, like the Golden Knights from Vegas. They drafted, you know, accordingly, kind of like what we discussed in the NFL, how franchises have their approach. And uh, they were like skating circles around everyone. And the game is officiated differently. Uh, long story short, hockey is awesome. The playoffs are awesome. If you've got a horse in the race, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. When the Preds went to the finals, I mean, that was electric. I felt it. And, uh, you know, the Kings are up one nothing on Edmonton. They play tonight. And uh, they're big underdogs. So that's the beauty of the NHL. Yeah, I, I totally echo those statements. If you want to get into hockey and you want to just – Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are, I agree, the second problem. So maybe third. So I go March Madness, NFL playoffs, then the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, yeah, fill out a bracket. Fill out a bracket and watch. Because, yes, <laughs> it is it is a hot goalie. Like, yeah, the Preds goalie got hurt. It Because it is a goalie getting hot. You can skate through. You can run through it, and it's the most exciting thing. Um, the, the sudden death overtime. There's nothing like it. Uh, there really it is like the intensity of any moment. Uh, it can be over. It's it's one of the great atmospheres that there is in sports. Um, on my bucket list is to go up to Canada and watch a playoff game in Canada. Either sweet. the Canadians or the Toronto. Uh, the senators yeah so just go up there and see that um because yeah it i mean I've, I've been to nashville for many a playoff games it's as intense as a sporting event as you will see Super unfortunately I, I, I had a broken foot during the during the stanley cup final run i couldn't go to any games but just seeing it on tv was unbelievable Chan, i don't know if you went or not but it, it looked nuts it was nuts out there. i didn't actually get inside uh the game but i was downtown uh, for one of them, and that was it was pretty awesome. Yeah. To your point, Rob, when the Kings were the eighth seed, Jonathan Quick had a historic yeah. uh, postseason yeah. run, one point four like goals allowed per game, historic. 
and he just turned it on at the right time, kind of like March Madness, as you said. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, how the Preds went around. I think we were the yeah. seven seed. Yeah, Pekka Rene. Pekka Rene was the seven seed. They were seven seed, and yeah, got hot. Yeah. It was seven seed, same kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's seven seed or eight seed, but Pekka was just on fire, man. That, that's what it takes, it, you know. Yeah, All right, it's, it's amazing to watch, like how like one person can like there's everything around them going chaotic, and they're just in the zone. And like we yeah. ended up losing to Pittsburgh, and I think Pekka said like for whatever reason in Pittsburgh, like because they it. wear black, like his eyesight, he could not his, see. Yeah, yeah, they they wore black behind the goalpost, and in that arena, he couldn't it's see the puck coming to him. Yeah, that's messed up. All right, guys, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, let's talk about Memphis, Robbie. Start there. Um, please let us keep John Morant, man. What a stud he is. Like, at, like you know, winning against Timberwolves, you know, missed the layup against Golden State, then comes back 18 points in the fourth quarter. Um, man, he's one of the most – like, because – He's the age that grew up watching Steph, you know, and to go against him, like, we're all like LeBron. He's a lot younger than us now. Like, so he grew up watching Steph and go up against him and this kind of what's going to be a battle of the series, I hope. Um, well, Memphis is awesome sporting event. We're talking about atmospheres. Um, Grizzlies fans are awesome. Uh, but, yeah, man, Ja. Uh, Side note, dirty play by uh, what's-his-face from the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a sad part of the game. When Gary Payton break, yeah. Jr. third breaking his arm or elbow. Elbow. Hopefully he can recover. Um, but a little, little negative on the game. But um, this series is going to be awesome. I wish it was on earlier every night. But no joke. Yeah, it's – yeah, John Morant, he, man, he's – He's the new guy to watch. Like, he, he's the, you know, must-see TV when he's playing. Like, you want to tune in and watch this kid. Uh, he's unbelievable. He's clutch. Um, he just – he takes the team on the shoulders when he needs to. And, and man, that dude can jump out of the gym. So, it's just so much fun to watch. 47. Uh, I, oh, sorry. No, I'll just say I, I hope the Grizz – Sign him, and he, he becomes a long staple in Memphis. Sensational. And if anybody saw that dunk from the Timberwolves series, oh, oh my God. God. Like, that's one of the best dunks I've ever – I haven't been speechless and dropped my be, uh, beverage in a long time. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that was just – oh, my God, that was nasty. Uh, yeah, you know, without Dylan Brooks, it's interesting they played well, but Cha had 47, 8, and 8, and three steals. And uh, that was a big part, you know, the, they created uh, like 18 turnovers to their 12, um, something like that, or no, 20 to their 12, and then 13 steals. Uh, you know, Ja was just, I mean, speechless, shot 50% from the field. And uh, most importantly, you know, they made the, the Warriors stars, you know, shoot. You know, Curry was good, but Clay Thompson, they took him away. And uh, sensational defensive effort as well, but. 47. I mean, he makes me speechless, dude. He is a easily top three player in the league, in my opinion, now. Oh, easily. 
Well, All right, guys. Go ahead. Hey, hey, what do you think the Pelicans are thinking right now, picking Zion over him? <laughs> yeah. uh, not much, because point isn't their strongest point or area, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you go back, that guy's easily number one overall. Yeah. Uh, was that the Luka draft also? I can't recall. Was that Luca and Trey? It may have. Been. No, I can't no. recall. But Jaws, no, Luka, bottom line, Luka Jaws sensational. And he stays on the court, unlike yeah. Zion. Right. Hey, Zion, hey, hey, I'll tell you what, though. I'd be doing the same thing Zion's doing. I'd be partying, <laughs> eating New Orleans food, and ch- counting my money. Catching checks. Yeah. Get, getting paid. Yeah. He could have come back earlier, a lot of people said. And I agree with you. I think he probably put on 50. And was too busy crushing beers and other yeah. things. Yeah. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. This weekend, we're going to be releasing a show about attending sports events. A little, a little look inside the world of the games we go to and the cost and what it looks like to take a family to a sporting event. A little thirty-minute op-ed that'll be released on Saturday. Uh, uh, Robbie, we'll just pretend like your friends or your family. So. Uh, you know, you take all your bum friends with you. So. Anyway, all right, guys, final words. Let's get around. Let's start with Raj Meta. Uh, not much to say, perhaps due to sobriety. I, that's an insensitive statement, but uh, that hasn't been said already. The draft was entertaining. Overall, pretty intelligent. Uh, you know, ironically enough, Carolina was one of the dumber drafts, in my opinion. Uh, but overall, I thought, you know, in Baltimore at 11, in, in terms of the service, I like Sportsline. Um, maybe they use too many metrics, and, and it's based on their player evaluation. But a very entertaining draft where a lot of intelligent picks. And again, the NHL playoffs, just sensational. Uh, make sure you tune in. The Kings are about to start on ESPN2, by the way. You got any bet your nuts for this week? Ooh. Um, Phoenix is definitely a bad matchup for the Mavs. I think it's at six right now. Devin Booker's back. Um, you know, they let Luka get his. I got like 47 or 50, whatever. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not super heavy on this one, but I think Phoenix is going to beat Dallas comfortably tonight. All right. Brendan Chain, final words as you search for a bet your nuts. No, I've got my bet your nuts. Uh, final words is – the veteran wide receiver on the Titans right now is Nick Westbrook Aquino. <laughs> that is our veteran wide receiver room that we're active. That's a little scary. Um, I don't even know what number gonna, he is. I'm going to leave right. that. He's 15. Uh, I'm going to leave that there. And then uh, my bet you're nuts. It's the Mavs Suns. I know it's already started. But I like the over 217 and a half. Uh, first, first game was 235 points. Um, I think they keep it rolling. I think it, it goes over 217. Yeah, what he said, although it's low scoring right now. All right, Robbie. Final words. Bet your nuts. Kyle Larson. Uh, yeah, so uh, I said I'd mention this at the beginning of the show, and I want to mention it now. Last night, watching the Celtics play and watching 
what Grant Williams did and how he has performed as a pro basketball player and how he has elevated from a skinny or a, a, a slow fat kid to now a very important NBA basketball player made me possibly future sad for uh, Brandon um, Harley Hatfield because he he went to UT in Barnes system and one year didn't get what he wanted. He transferred out. And I just worry about kids like that, that if you don't see instant results, you're going to transfer and you're, you're not going to meet your potential. It takes work and it takes hard work. Um, and I hope Brandon the best, um, but that just came to my mind. Like, just like, these trans this is this is the ugly part of the transfer portal is I just want to play, I want to play instead of saying I want to get better and I want to earn my spot. Um, so that's my one just takeaway of the day. My um, bet your nuts, Bob Baffords, out of the Kentucky Derby. So I'm gonna be betting on horses between ten to one odds and twelve to one odds. That's my window. I think it's going to be a wild derby. So, um, not betting the favorites. So, I'm, I'm going in with that that kind of window. Probably betting on all of them through that window. And then, hopefully, we are going to do a live show uh, preview of the derby. Maybe during yeah. the derby. Yeah, we'll probably do that. I'll, I'll let If Brandon will bet ten grand on a horse, then we should do it definitely live. That's a Tuesday afternoon for that guy. Uh, yeah. By the way, yeah. William, yeah, that, 21 that, that, points. That's, that's the closest to the pin on Wednesday <laughs> night. Hey, William's 21 points. They were plus 22 with him on the floor. Great system. Can switch on everyone. Yeah, I agree. Sensational player. You guys have told me mom works for NASA. Uh, hard not to root for a kid like that who's just a hard worker and learned as much as he could. Yeah. Um, I, I love it too. I love it too. To go to Tennessee to play basketball. That's it. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here for uh, Raj Meta, for Brandon Shane, for Robbie Davis. This has been your weekly reckless speculation. Join us this, this weekend for op ed, and we will see you then. What horse you betting 10 grand on, Brandon? <laughs>